Welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and this podcast is all about ditching black and white thinking and exploring the gray areas of health, happiness, and everything in between. If you're ready to feel empowered and inspired, then let's get to it. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast episode 58 and this week we are going to talk about perfectionism and more specifically I'm going to share the ways in which perfectionism has shown up in my own life and honestly as I was reflecting for this episode I realized that it shows up in a lot more ways than I actually thought and it's it's really sneaky I think it's like my tendency to um strive for perfectionism and it's probably why I need this podcast. I don't know if you know this. Well, you probably don't because I've never told you or maybe I have, but um, I listen to my own podcast because, and I'll listen back like a few weeks after I've recorded it. So I forget what I said and I'll listen back and I'm like, damn, that was really helpful. I needed to hear that. And actually, even as I'm saying this, I'm like, I need to go back and listen to some episodes I not only created this podcast because I knew that you probably, well, I created the podcast because I knew it was something I really needed. And I know a lot of high performing, high achieving women in my own life. I have a few friends that I can think of right now that are that way. And I know how much as high achieving women who strive for perfectionism, who have that tendency to strive for perfectionism, we need all the support that we can get. And we need constant reminders that our worth isn't determined by external circumstances, that truly our worth and our joy and our fulfillment is found from within. And um, I just keep learning this lesson over and over and over again. And uh, hopefully you're with me on this one. Well, hopefully not, honestly. Um, I I don't know why I just said that. Hopefully you can um, relate on some level. That I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. Hopefully if this is going on for you, I'm here to be able to help you through it. And I can be your support and I can be your guide. And I would love to be that person for you because I wish that I had somebody to guide me along when I was in the depths of my perfectionism, not knowing that there was another way. And sometimes I really wish that I had somebody still calling me out on it, which I do have one friend that called me out on it a few weeks ago, which I'll share later on in the episode. But anyway, I started thinking about this because last week I was so burnt out, like the most burnt out that I've been in a while, probably like a a, few months I'd say and like I so my body could barely move I could barely get off the couch I could barely get anywhere I couldn't complete my runs for the week so my half marathon training runs and I think I only did I usually do four a week and I only did like one and a half I did a 30 minute and then I did a 20 minute and um and and then I Went to take a nap that was supposed to be like a 30 minute nap, ended up sleeping for almost three hours and I was just, 
I was so dead. And I even felt mentally just not there. I just, I don't know, I wasn't feeling positive. So I was wondering, you know, well, at, at first I didn't even have the energy to really analyze what was going on. But when I started to think about it, what maybe could have caused it, um, I had just got, I'd just come off a family trip in California to California. We went there for my uncle's memorial service and ended up staying Friday through Monday. It was just supposed to be Friday through Sunday, but my siblings and I were having so much fun that we decided to stay behind for an extra day. And we found this really nice hotel and we were just really enjoying it. So we stayed until Monday. I missed, I had one class on Monday. I chose to miss that and just kind of get a late start on the week. And so that was four days in close proximity to my family. I have a very strong personality to family. And if you know me as a person, then you probably understand this because I also have a very strong personality. And we were, so we were like sharing hotel rooms the entire time. At one point, the first night we stayed at grandma's and I stayed on an air mattress in a small room next to my sister with her two-year-old in the crib and then five-year-old niece laying, sleeping next to us on the floor. And then, um, yeah, so I was really close to my family all weekend, which usually I find to be really draining. And by the end, it makes sense why I'm so burnt out because I'm just like, oh, sometimes like, I don't know. I have this love hate thing with it. I think a lot of it has to do with me being so introverted. And then the fact that my family does have such strong personalities, um, Usually I am like excited to to break away and get my alone time, but also sad because I know that I miss them so much every time. And this time I actually did not feel ready to leave yet. I wanted to stay with them. I really enjoyed the trip. I felt energized driving home on Monday afternoon, to be honest. Um, I felt very... Um, recharged, especially after, so right before I headed to California, I had had three major exams at school. So I was just so excited to have a break in the first place. But anyway, I analyzed all those things as I do. And I still couldn't figure out like what it was that happened. So fast forward to the following Saturday after the trip, my friend, my good friend invited me to a women's empowerment circle. It's like a, at this Reiki place. And I was really excited because I was like, I just don't think I've really taken time to ground this week, to meditate. I haven't really taken time to reflect on anything or any time for myself. So I was like, absolutely. I'm going to take a break from studying and doing homework and, and go to this group. So I did, and first of all, it was so recharging and just so, I think one of the biggest things, one of my favorite things about the group was that the leaders were just so powerful and they were so good at seeing you and acknowledging you and validating your experience. And they listened to all of us and what we all had to say. And so I came out of that feeling like myself again. It was almost just like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. But through that reflection and taking time to really think about what was going on for me, 
I realized that my Monday, that Monday with me traveling was because it was taken up by me traveling, my entire week was thrown off. And my week as a perfectionist sometimes, um, okay, yes, as being somebody with perfectionist tendencies, my week has sometimes feels like it has to be structured perfectly and I have to follow that structure and that plan perfectly or it throws everything off. So that's what happened on Monday. My entire week felt thrown off, so I felt like I was behind on everything. And then what that did for me was I slipped into an all or nothing mentality. So I felt like a failure for the rest of the week. I was just physically and emotionally drained. And then I felt like even more of a failure that all I wanted to do on Saturday and Sunday was lay in bed and just like sleep and sleep and sleep. And I also felt really bad because um, a few of my friends wanted to hang out. Even the friend that I had gone to the group with afterwards, I was supposed to go over to her house and have some wine. And I was honestly really looking forward to it. And then we went and had dinner. And afterwards, I was just like, I can't. And I usually don't do that. Um, I usually try, especially I've really needed some friend time, but I just, I don't know. And that was another thing is I just felt like I let those friends down because another friend wanted me to come to a house party that she was at. And I told her that it would depend on my energy level, but I've also been promising her I was going to see her for the last few weeks. So it was just really hard. Um, And yeah, that's just kind of where I was. Um where I was still kind of processing things after the circle on Saturday. And I processed most of it, I would say, probably Sunday afternoon. And here's where it all started. So my lack of flexibility started because going from summer break, where I wasn't working and I was just traveling, I had kind of what felt like all the time in the world, I could do whatever I wanted. Going from that back into school was kind of a shock. And I, after the first exams, I felt like I was underprepared for those exams. I got B's on those tests and I felt like a failure because of that. And I just forgot how much commitment school requires if you want to do well. And so I was like, okay, I'm back in school, no excuses, and I'm still working on my business, of course, and I'm training for this half marathon, and Jason's away, so I'm raising his son, Jalen, and and I wanted to do everything perfectly, and in order to do so, I knew that I would have to just, like, that there was no room for error. At least I told myself that. So then I get on the phone with Jason, my partner that holds me accountable for things when I ask him to. And normally, like normally, honestly, Jason is so understanding and he, he gives me grace and he reminds me to give myself some grace. And, and usually when I tell him what area I'm struggling in, he'll say something like, yeah, but you, this, 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 and this. And I was like, no, Jason, you need to stop telling me that like my excuses are okay and you need to just tell me that I need to show up no matter what. So he did. 
because he's supportive in that way. And I thought that's what was right for me. So then one day I had a migraine. I woke up with a migraine, took some medication. It went away. And then a little bit later in the afternoon, because I was just pushing through, I was like, I do not have time for a migraine today. I have things to do. And so I just pushed through it. And then guess what? It came back. And I still had like an hour long run to do. And so here I was crying my eyes out in pain, frustrated, knowing that I had to head to the gym and, and get this run in. And I messaged Jason and I was just like, should I do this? Should I rest or should I just push through? Because of what I told him, he was like, you can do it. Just go, just show up. So I did. And I even, so I'm part of a mastermind, which is like a supportive group of women. We talk about business and life and just, yeah, support each other through those things. And, um... And if you're interested in joining us, go ahead and message me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kepler, or you can um, find me on Facebook. But but that group is a really helpful for me, and especially in this moment, I messaged the ladies. I told them what was going on. I told them that I had made this commitment to myself to show up no, no matter what, and they were like, girl, I can't believe you're going to the gym And, you know, you have this, when you have this migraine and you're, can't stop crying. And, uh, and that was kind of the first indication I was like, gosh, am I being too hard on myself? And so I, I don't know. I mean, it worked for me. I showed up, I did my run. I felt good afterwards. I was glad that I showed up, but then now I'm reflecting on how much, like how long can I really keep that up? How much stamina do you have when you're just pushing, 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 pushing? And I think that might have been where my breaking point was last week. It was just like, okay, girl, you haven't given yourself any rest. And I told myself and Jason that I wouldn't rest until my, like, I would only give myself two days a month to rest. And that was the first day of my period and the second day of my period. Like, Oh, it's just so funny how this stuff works for me sometimes. So it's just very interesting that I thought that I had outgrown my perfectionist tendencies, but in reality, they just keep evolving and showing up in different ways. And they have such a way of rearing their ugly heads from time to time. And this is why perfectionism for me is a problem because it robs me of my joy. It feels me, it leaves me feeling, (laughs) feels me leaving (laughs) it leaves me feeling like I'm not good enough no matter what I do. And it just holds me back in so many ways. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but usually as women, we feel this pressure more than anything to be perfect. We feel like there's no room for error in our relationships and our life because we're constantly go, go, go and we don't have time or we tell ourselves that we don't have time to mess up. We don't have time to take time off. We don't have time to take for ourselves. So for the rest of this episode, I'm gonna share three ways that perfectionism has shown up in my life. And while I'm talking, I encourage you to do some reflection about your own life as you listen. 
And just think about areas that it might be showing up in your own life, maybe ways that if it is showing up, it's blocking your flow and especially your joy or your relationships or like how is perfectionism holding you back personally? And again, I just want to say that for a lot of especially high achieving women, it'll start to feel like you're doing all the right things, but you still don't feel happy and you don't understand why. Or you have a desire to do all of the right things, but you're mad at yourself because you just can't seem to follow through. So it's just being stuck in that tension between not feeling happy where you are, wherever that may be. So the first area that it shows up or it has shown up in my life is this one's major food exercise and my body. And I would say this is where most people's perfectionist tendencies show up because obviously it's hard not to get obsessive about it when society tells us that an ideal body automatically equals happiness. It's the thing we strive for, right? It's the best external validation you could ask for because I can't tell you how many times when I was really obsessive in this area that I would post a picture on social media of me talking about like a giving sharing a progress picture or showing like oh hey I lost five pounds or whatever and having like over a hundred likes people being like oh my gosh you're so amazing you're so inspiring that's so great and then when I decided that I was gonna stop doing that because it wasn't serving me anymore and I don't think it was really ever serving me to be that way Um, when I stopped doing that, I started actually showing up with substance. I showed up to serve, to show people that I truly care, that I have value to provide. No more before and after pictures, no more pictures of me in bikinis or little, um, workout outfits or anything like that. My likes went from like over a hundred to like four. And that really showed me how much of an emphasis we put on how someone's body looks and how much pressure that puts on us as a result. So it's something that, as I've said, held me back for a really long time because I thought that if I just did it right, if I just found the magic pill or the magic solution, or if I somehow mustered enough willpower, I thought that if I could just get myself to have the ideal body or be perfect with the foods I was eating, always show up for my exercises no matter what, and um, like have a six pack, I was convinced that honestly, that's all I needed. I thought that that was all I needed to be happy and fulfilled and success accepted and to have a great relationship. Like I honestly believed this in my, in my entire body. And even now as I have, I mean, it really took a long time for me to recover from the eating disorder. Actually, I had like I say one and a half eating disorders because I had binge eating disorder, but I also had a mild case of orthorexia, which sounds so counterintuitive, but 
the fact that I was dieting so strictly, first of all, on a, um, from a physiological standpoint or a biological standpoint was causing me to binge eat and, um, and to feel out of control with food. So it was like, almost like a loop. I wanted more willpower, but the body was taking over and saying, girl, you're hungry. You need to eat. And because you're not doing so, I'm going to just kind of take over and do it for you. Cause the body is amazing like that. Right. So there was that. And then Then orthorexia, which is this new thing that's emerging, this new eating disorder we're becoming aware of, which is an obsession with healthy eating. So combining those two things and the part of my binge eating disorder, so binge eating disorder is characterized by, uh, I recommend looking up the exact um, characteristics of it, but two major factors come into this, and and that is... um, you feel you eat a large amount of food in a small amount of time and you feel like you just can't stop yourself. For my case, that came from dieting, from food restriction and and the body physically being hungry. And then part of it is the shame, part of it that classifies it as an eating disorder is the, the shame that you feel afterwards. And I felt such shame. Nobody knew what I was going through because I didn't talk to anybody. Jason didn't even know about my binges. And I and we lived together because when he I would I would um plan my binges for when he was out of the house and I would hide all of the evidence. So it's nothing I ever talked about to anyone until afterwards when I realized that there was nothing wrong with me, that these were the factors that were playing into what was going on. So the shame came from the obsession, the thought that I should be able to will myself into eating quote unquote perfectly, which there is no perfect way to eat. Um, everybody's body is different, but based on society standards and stuff, I developed the feeling that I should be able to. And because I wasn't, I was flawed as a person and that that were, there was something broken within me. And I spent a lot of years of my life feeling that way. And I developed the binge eating disorder at a very young age, I would say around 11 years old. And that's something that I held inside until I was 25, didn't tell anyone about, and it felt really lonely to feel like I just had something wrong with me. And if I just fixed that, if I just found the magic solution that I would suddenly be worthy. So that was the, one of the most prominent and long lasting ways that perfectionism showed up in my life. And that actually is what recovering from my eating disorder and becoming more aware around healing my relationship to food is what made me realize that perfectionism or the, the, um, the me wanting to chase perfectionism or thinking that it was possible is what is, was even a problem for me or was even a problem in the first place. Cause in the house I was raised in, I remember, and I, again, my dad was very young, so I know he's learned since then. And he denies that he even said this in the first place, but I remember cause we were raised in the church and I remember having a conversation with him once and cause he was very, very strict and very like, um, 
thought that things he 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 expected things that we did to be perfect so like if we raked the yard and he came out to inspect it and there was one leaf in the yard he would dump the entire bag back onto the grass so I remember once arguing with him about it and I was like dad because I learned this in church I said dad nobody is perfect except for God and he said he either said I'm God or I am perfect something like that and I was like I don't know. That just made an impression with me. I was like, oh my gosh, is it possible? Can a human be perfect? And from then on, I was like, well, all I can do is try, right? So, and then for me, I gained his approval and not only his approval, but the approval of many when I did things right. And that was like when I got the most love and attention from him. So, um, So then I started to really chase that. And also I didn't want to have to rake the yard again after, you know, working really hard for like hours to rake it. And then one leaf actually fell off the tree and wasn't left behind. But, you know, I digress. So, so that's one of, that's the major way that it has showed up in my life, like I said. Um, And that's kind of where my history of perfectionism stems from. And then the second area it shows up in my life is as a student, So I messed up because, well, when I first started going to college after I separated from the Air Force, I like, I really, that was when I really only put my perfectionist tendencies into my body and food and the way I was eating or whatever. All the other areas of my life, I was kind of lazy. I was a procrastinator. I didn't feel like I really had a purpose. Um, I wanted to get out of doing hard work all the time. I didn't value hard work, I think, because, I don't know, because of the way I was raised or the Air Force, I was like rebelling at that point. So my first year of college, I would say I was pretty lazy. So my grades were, they're okay. I, I think I had like a B, maybe a C in chemistry class or something. Anyway, So then once I had transferred my perfectionist tendencies to now school, because I could no longer put them into how into, you know, the body stuff. um, Then this first semester, when I returned back to school earlier this year, I managed to get straight A's because I really put my all into it. And these were still um, prereq classes. So they were, they were, I was able, it was easier to get, you know, straight A's. Then here I am in my like more core classes that are more difficult. I'm taking anatomy and physiology and nutrition courses. And I've always told myself that science isn't my strength to begin with. So no idea why I'm studying nutrition sciences, but anyway, um, so it's more difficult this semester. And uh, again, back to my dad. And I'm sorry to pin this so much on you, dad, if you're ever listening or anyone in my family is listening. I don't blame my dad for anything. I just think that you know as you're going up there experiences that really define you. And these are some of them. So I would come home with my report card in school and from school and it would be like all A's and one B. And instead of like, good job, my dad would say, well, what's with this B? And from there on, I was like, oh, so it's not worth 
it unless it's straight A's. Um, so then here I go into this semester where classes are more difficult. And again, like I said, I was coming off of a summer of relaxation and I was still in that mode. Well, I had that wake up call after my first exams and that's when I got B's on both of my exams. And I was like sharing on Instagram, my Instagram stories, how like it was such a failure or how my, I was learning from my failure by getting a B and this was really good for me so that, you know, it it wakes me up or whatever, whatever. But really the underlying thing here was that I felt like a failure for getting a B. And one of my really good friends that knows me well reached out to me. She sent me this long text and she was like, girl, stop beating yourself up. A B is not a failure. And basically what I got out of it was that she was saying, get over yourself. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. I need to like, this is stupid. Um, She's like, you need to practice what you preach. You talk all or something all the time. You talk about self-compassion and self-love, but you're not giving it to yourself. And I was like, thank you so much for calling me out on my BS. And that's what I meant earlier in the episode when I was talking about how I really need someone to call me out on my BS because I pull out a lot of it Um, or I try to get away with a lot of it and not always know. Well, actually, really never knowingly, but you know, you have that blind spot. You need people to really recognize. So I'm so grateful that she did. And since then, I've just been focusing on the process of learning versus a certain grade. And then I'm reminding myself every morning that like when I have to get up for school and I'm like, oh, more, I'm reminding myself that I chose this and that I love learning new things. And this stuff is actually really interesting to me. So again, I'm focusing on the process of learning and as a byproduct of that, which is so ironic, but my second exams, I got A's on them because instead of just focusing on the outcome, I focused on enjoying the journey and really at that point, the outcome doesn't matter because the journey is so fulfilling. And I know that sounds cliche and really cheesy, but it's so true. And I learned that lesson over and over again. And then the third way I'll share that it shows up for me is in being a stepmom. And if you're a parent, then maybe you felt this way too. And I think, again, poor dad, a lot of it has to do with the way that he raised me uh, with that. Like, I think I'm trying to bring a lot of that into my parenting, which I understand why he did it, especially now as a parent. I really, really love Jalen and I really, really want what's best for him. And I, and I just hope that I can teach him. But what it's doing is transferring my underlying thoughts that he needs to be perfect in order to be successful. And that's kind of impacting. So not only am I kind of showing up, making him feel like he should be perfect, but then I think I should be a perfect parent. And it really has over the years put a strain on our relationship. So it's something that I'm always actively working on instead of feeling like he should look this way or should be doing this or should, 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 maybe I I can have conversations with him and get to know him and what his thoughts are and really take note on the ways that he improves and who he is as a person and how he shows up. 
and he is one of the most empathetic, sweet people, and he's so bright, and I really try to work on recognizing those things more than his quote-unquote shortcomings. The other thing is that when I'm around family, I get with him, I get so uptight because I am so afraid to snap at him on accident or to be judged by the way that I'm parenting. It has happened, and I get so defensive about it because I want to be perfect and I don't want my family to think that I make mistakes in parenting, but don't we all? Um... And then when anyone gives me criticism or feedback when it comes to parenting, I still feel really defensive. Uh, a friend, even the other yesterday, was giving me some just advice and words of wisdom, which were so good. And I felt myself tensing up as she was saying it. And I was getting defensive, making up a story about what it means about me as a person. And I had to just remind myself that, girl, this is not, this is, does not mean that you're a bad person. You just, and the fact that I even want to grow in this area means that I need to be open to criticism and feedback, um, hopefully constructive criticism. But anyway, so that's what I'm currently working on with that is just staying open to feedback and, and again, really trying to understand him not taking things personally because honestly, 99% of the stuff is not personal. It's not about me and I need to stop making it about me. But it feels so personal at the same time because it is me as a parent and you have such a strong influence on a child's life when you are a parent and that's just terrifying. I am so scared that I'm going to mess him up and that also keeps me kind of stuck sometimes and I need to detach from all of that. So, so the stepmom thing is still kind of an in progress one, but something I'm working on every day. So that's all. And as I shared, I hope that you focused more on kind of the insight here, the mindset shifts that I'm making along the way and how I'm working on moving out of these perfection-based thoughts and feelings. Maybe it really brought up something for you and something that you realized again, maybe I hit on one of your blind spots and you realized, you know, I could really use some help on this, or I could really use some, I could really stand to work on this in this area. Um, I know I personally feel so much more fulfilled and laid back and in general, I'm just way more fun to be around when I'm not holding so tight to the reins and I'm sure we could all benefit from loosening up just a bit. So, or even a lot. So I'd love to hear from you. Tag me on your Instagram feed or your stories with the major aha moment you had during this episode, or you can just DM me at Lauren M. Kepler, or honestly, if you need some support, if you have a question, if you have a certain area in your life that perfectionism has shown up and you, but you don't know how to like fix it or, um, not always fix it. Cause it's not about fixing, but maybe move forward or, or evolve or progress or change it. Um, whatever feels right for you. So before I let you go though, I just want you to know something your weight doesn't determine your worth because you are so much more than your exterior. 
your worth isn't determined by how thoroughly you completed your to-do list today or this week. You are amazing because you're a great friend and you love so deeply and you're always willing to improve. And how do I know that you're always willing to improve? Because you're listening to this podcast. I just want you to know that I love you, my beautiful friend. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. But until then, remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.